0: Thanks for tuning in. 99 for One is a podcast of real life stories meant to inspire ordinary people to do extraordinary things that change our world. This podcast is owned and operated by Will Cravens, author of the book 99 for One and founder of the nonprofit Endurance Leadership. Now for today's podcast, here's Will Cravens. Okay, welcome back to uh, 99 for One. This is episode 15 and today I have with me Coach. John Costello from Broad Run High School. He's been coaching the varsity basketball team. How many years, John? 23 years coaching here at Broad Run. 23 years. Wow. You walk the halls with John here at the high school. He's a superstar. Every every kid's like, hey, coach, what's up? You can tell when kids are loved well by a, a teacher or a coach. John, you, you decided on uh, trip five to come with us. What made you decide that you wanted to go spend a week on the street? You were age 60
1: at the time. Correct. Uh, What was it that made you decide to do it? Well, I know after many years of teaching that it's not what you say to kids, it's what they see. You can talk to them all you want about things, but it's what they see is how they really get impacted. So I knew if I went on this trip and they saw me do this, it would have a huge impact on them and was probably the main reason why I went.
0: And then when you when you got back from the trip, you were able to speak to some students? How did that go? Did any kids show up? Was it voluntary? Did you make kids show up? Like, how, how
1: did that work when you, did you have some kids interested? I had some kids interested, and they wanted to hear about it. So what I did was, our school here starts at 9.15, so I said, let's go and uh, do 8 o'clock one morning and see what how many kids we can get. I figured I'd only get about 20 kids because kids don't like to get right. up early, right. and I walked into over 200 kids. Wow! Before school. Before school. To
0: hear you share about living homeless. Correct. Wow. So now you had something else interesting happen. We we were you were kind of on the fence. You weren't a hundred percent sure because you've had uh, some serious ankle problems, ankle surgery, and you know that we walk a lot when we're in San Diego um talk a bit about like you had a lot of pain what was your apprehensive like just being apprehensive what was that all about
1: well i wanted to go desperately but my ankle is uh full of arthritis it has four screws in it and uh, when i get up in the morning it literally I have to crawl to the shower to get in underneath hot water so i say to myself how could i possibly do this so at the, around the same time of the trip i was scheduled to go to john hopkins to have four screws removed and have reconstructive surgery on my ankle at the exact same time. They gave me all the scrubbings to use the day of the surgery when I came in. But I told the woman that I'm on the fence with the surgery and I'll let you know in a week or so, but I'm scheduled to go on a homeless trip with my pastor friend. She She looked at me like, uh, your ankle's really bad. I don't think you can go on any trips. So I went to the pre-planning meeting at your house. Right. And at the time that night, there was a gentleman named Todd, Todd, he's
0: a healer. I don't know if he's a healer, but he, he likes to pray for healing. He believes God has the ability to heal.
1: Little did I know that I would have five, six people on their knees
0: holding my ankle. You told us all, the group, that you were apprehensive. We were just talking about trip details. Then you said, I'm apprehensive because the knee, because uh, the ankle surgery, excuse me. And and then uh, I remember Todd, some others said, well, why don't we pray? Let's ask God to heal it. So what happened then?
1: So I'm sitting on your couch and all of a sudden four people get on their knees and Todd's praying and a lot of other people are holding on to my ankle. And I'm like just bewildered. I had had I, I've never experienced something like that. So this went on for like three or four minutes and then it ended. and I walked out of your house and still didn't know whether I how I could possibly go on this trip. Well, the next morning, I walked to the shower with zero pain for the first time for in the how first long? time in years, years. It was so bad that I was having reconstructive surgery in less than three weeks. That's yeah. how bad it was. And for me to have zero pain, I was like dumbfounded. I couldn't so Are
0: you or were you thinking this is a miracle? How I could not I last? could not
1: believe it. I thought it was just a temporary thing. I couldn't believe right. it. I went on the trip, I canceled the surgery, I went on the trip, zero pain the entire trip. And now what am I? 2 years later, still zero pain with the ankle. Would never even consider having surgery. Wow. Not even a thought of it.
0: That's that's unbelievable. Uh, and so in a way you were thinking, hey God, uh, prepared me for the trip I, I don't have an excuse now I'm going my my ankles better nice. so tell me a little bit about your experience on the trip anything stood out to you when you share with the teenagers what did you share to, with them uh, about your experience like what's what was the uh, take home
1: my main message to the kids when I got back was that uh, guys everyone is going through something and the smallest acts of kindness can change a person's life because there's some people that are in dire straits because they've never been in a situation where someone's actually done something to pull them out of. When people say to you, man, I wish people were looking for me, or when I would ask them, can I do something for you, and they said, well, can you give me a hug? I realize that the importance of small acts of kindness is monumental in people's lives. I do remember... Uh, a specific evening we we were freaking out about where to
0: sleep every night you know we slept in Rob Field the baseball field one night then we tried to go there again and then the sprinklers went off in the middle of the night that was rough you got yeah, soaked yeah, yes uh, that was that was memorable I do I don't, I don't know if you remember but just before we got soaked it's got to be like 3 in the morning and this homeless guy I'm sleeping on the field and this homeless guy comes out of nowhere he's walks right next to our sleeping bags and he says sprinklers go off in 12 minutes I'm like how does this guy know and what I was disoriented it's the middle of the night I'm like, I just want to put my head back down sure enough about 12 minutes later we hear this Wow. and I remember uh Gus Trevin who was the police officer from Prince William County who came with us he got soaked first he moved and then uh we were thinking we were fine because nobody else got wet and then uh we weren't thinking that sprinkler heads come off in zones and the next zone went off and then you got nailed yeah I remember you shouted from your sleeping bag. You weren't moving. I'm not moving. I'm just yeah. finally get to get comfortable until you got soaked and then you moved. And so uh, that was rough. And then we had somebody say you can sleep in my. Somebody out there. We, we had a, a mother, Mary Sanders. Heard we were out there. She said my son, or I was her son or cousin or something, lived in Pacific Beach. Said we could sleep in a backyard. Correct. So all day we're so excited. I'm picturing this plush <laughs> green grass, weren't you?
1: Yeah, me too. Me too. Like we
0: got a fenced-in backyard tonight. After getting, we don't have to worry about sprinklers. I was
1: high-fiving you. Way to go, right. Will! You got We're so excited.
0: And then we showed up, and we didn't realize the backyard we were imagining was not what we thought. It was right? a concrete slab. It was a concrete slab, a backyard <laughs> concrete slab, and. It was less than comfortable. Correct. Uh, but I was just thrilled we could sleep and not be woken by a homeless guy or cops or sprinklers. Correct, correct. He wasn't appreciative that some of the guys went to the bathroom that night and his uh, <laughs> concrete smell. But um, really, we, we should have thought about that. Anyway, uh, I remember saying to you, man, this is awesome. And you yeah. hollered out I'm like- No, this is not <laughs> awesome. This <laughs> is We're sleeping on concrete, you're killing my back. You know, uh, but, but you know, I guess everything's uh, comparative What stood out to me, do you remember the next morning we woke up, we'd been complaining about sleeping on concrete and we must have walked a hundred yards and behind a restaurant in a back alleyway, we found a guy by the name of Eric, who's homeless. um, And he was with his friend, I think it was Kathy, I can't remember for sure. But uh, we we chatted with them and they were homeless. They've been sleeping in an alleyway. Yes. And on concrete. On concrete. And Eric
1: was in a wheelchair. Eric was in a wheelchair and has severe back pain. And they're telling us where to get prefix. And here they are sleeping on that every night. And and I'm complaining about a concrete slab once. And you you got to do it one night and he lives there. Ugh. ugh.
0: And how do you what do you think of that? Unbelievable. Because their attitudes. Yeah. Yeah. And we prayed with them and they started crying.
1: Yeah. We wanted to give him our mats. We wanted to give him anything. It was just so powerful.
0: Yeah, I think Gumby gave him his mat yeah. and his sleep bag. And Eric was so moved. And then they told him. They told us, you're right, there's breakfast burritos over at the lifeguard stand in Pacific Beach. So we joined them, uh, which led to a whole other thing that we'll talk about next week on the podcast. I'll talk about with Gumby about this guy we met named Whitey after yes. we met Eric. Yes. That was a whole other episode. But anything else you want to, like at the end of every week, John, we, we ask this question, what about you and me? Like what, If for the listeners who are listening today, what could they apply, the takeaway, if you're listening? You may never live homeless for a
1: week or for a day, but what, what would be a takeaway for the listeners? Uh, what, the best thing that happened to me about that trip is after 60 years of praying for my wants and my needs from the Lord, now I'm, since that trip, I'm saying, just put something in front of me that I can recognize that you want me to do for someone else. And it's totally changed my life, the trip.
0: So, so to stop and ask the question, is there somebody else we can bless, do something for? Or, and help
1: me see it, Lord, that I can see that this as a person that you want me to help, hmm. which has been powerful. For me.
0: Yeah. I, the, all, one other one that stands out to me is what you said earlier is the, our attitude. Like, you know, we can always say, gosh, this is difficult for me, but then there's always somebody that has got it worse. Correct. If we stop and ask the question, what can we be grateful for? Because, because the truth is it could always be worse. Mm-hmm. It could be worse. You, you you felt like it was a rough night. Too. You went, uh, well, I didn't have a wheelchair, and right. I'm not out here every night. I have the choice to go home in a couple days. Yes, and it could be worse. it's a great, you know, kind of a when we're tempted to complain or worry about our situation, you got to look around and see others.
1: Puts things in perspective. Yes. Yeah. Uh,
0: so anyway, that's uh, that's it. Thanks, John, for being with us, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, next week's podcast.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Will.
0: You've been listening to 99 for 1, a podcast of real life stories meant to inspire ordinary people to do extraordinary things that change our world. This podcast is owned and operated by Will Cravens, author of the book 99 for 1 and founder of the nonprofit Endurance Leadership. Thanks for listening.